0: Howdy, CEOs, and welcome to Pear Talks Prime, a prosperous universe podcast aimed at delivering you a little bit of entertainment, some knowledge and insight into the happenings of the prosperous universe universe. I'm your host, c Pair, and with me, as always, I have Lex and uh, a new, well, not really a new face. We had him a few podcasts ago, but uh, Mittens is on the air here, to, I was going to say tonight, but it's, it's like mid-afternoon, so I don't know, today, let's go that direction. Um, how you guys doing so far today, I guess? It's like, it's Easter, so has the Easter yes. Bunny visited you yet? Uh, yeah.
1: I, I think the Easter Bunny comes tomorrow.
0: Oh, does, oh, oh yes. well, I don't know when the Easter Bunny shows up. I'm not like, I, I don't do have communications that. with the Easter bunny. <laughs> Okay. <laughs>
1: Is, but, is easter that americanized of a topic
0: no 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 no. i we do easter in canada here yeah we do easter in canada yeah no it's I, it's it's a thing i know the
1: orthodox church
2: does it on a different week so it's an oh. international thing
0: howdy ceos and welcome to pear talks easter where uh, <laughs> <laughs> we just talk about easter all day long um no, so one of the first topics that I just want to really hop into this and, and get this get this party sort of rolling. Um, so, for those that don't know, maybe I can do a little bit of introductions in terms of it's been maybe a hot second since we've done this, but uh, Lex and Mittens, they are uh, court mates that are part of our corporation called Nascent Mercantile. Uh, and <laughs> I was going to say, like, Nascent Financial, great place to get a loan. Um, but no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And uh, Neeson Mercantile really is uh, one of the more active corporations within the game. And one of our main focuses is around the idea of shipbuilding. Uh, So we take shipbuilding from a centralized sort of standardized approach. And uh, we have a lot of fun doing it. Uh, Mittens has been extremely instrumental in terms of helping me plan and work on building ships. And uh, yeah, we're, we're making fast tracks towards that goal. And it's been really exciting and really fun. I've actually had just an absolute t- fun time doing it. I think now, when you say mittens, we're kind of in the uh, get millions of dollars stage.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We I, I think we we were like, hey, you know, let's do this. Let's get started. Uh, let's run our final calculations and and start building. And then, and then we were just like, "Oh, oh, building is uh, yeah." I need, I need ten million dollars to put this planet up. Do we have ten million dollars? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and um, it's and very no. so. So, how is that schedule
0: going? Uh, I'll, 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 defer. To, well, I'm not going to defer, but I'll ask admittance first. How is the schedule? How do you feel things are going? Um,
1: things, th- th- things ramped up a lot and then slowed down both extremely quickly, just yeah. because money and and honestly access to to fabs yeah um i mean especially large quantities of r fabs and AFABs. i think uh one of our other r fab producers compound uh i said hey like here's what i need to put to put this base down and i sent him over the order and i didn't think the order was that massive um but also I didn't know how much he was producing on a regular basis. So I sent him an order. It was like two or three hundred of each RFAB to, to slap down <laughs> one
0: or two. just toss out that figure. Just, <laughs> I, I was just like a,
1: yeah you know I was like you know it's it's twenty million dollars for the Rfabs. It maybe it'll take him a month. And he's like I cannot put out this many Rfabs at the prices I have posted, I would lose money because <laughs> yeah. I would have to ramp up and, and and I wouldn't be able to buy things at the prices I need to buy them at. I was like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, um, actually, uh, if if either of you saw that he changed his prices I in did. in the corporation Discord, yeah, I, I was the reason for that because I put it in an <laughs> order for, for almost a thousand RFAPs.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's it's hard to make that many. Just, yeah. So I still can't make RDEs because I don't have the TCL to make Kevlar. But I can make the other
0: ones. And I can make... Oh, you wait, know, you need 20... TCL?
2: TCL is Dude, a requirement. I'm actually... Get...
0: Okay, we should... TCL is required for Kepler. <laughs> this is how uh, deals get done, guys. We just start a podcast and just chat about our inner <laughs> working. I can actually produce TCL for you. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I have a
2: plans to start producing it. At okay. Nike,
0: but I just haven't upgraded. If you need capability. some. Let's go that direction. If you need some, I will be producing TCL very soon here.
2: So, so my tcl needs just to clarify five are needed per kevlar okay so it's heavy on it's very heavy on uh, tcl pg which is very light yeah. I, I have the plant i can produce it at the plant. it's just i don't have tcl production yeah and it's a little complicated because the cl is already being used for epo so i'm mm-hmm. playing a little bit of it trying to get enough chlorine around to do everything yeah. Yeah, it's totally within the realm of possibility.
0: But back so, to our uh, sort of original question, sorry, sorry Mittens and Lex. Um uh in terms of the the schedule uh Lex back to your original back to your original question. Uh you know, Mittens kind of said it perfectly, I think. It really is the idea of the fabs are the biggest issue. Um I would say for me probably one of the biggest issues I have especially is um just money really at the end of the day it sounds weird to say because i've always had just millions of dollars lying around but i am spending close to about two million dollars a week now in terms of money um and it's 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 just like it just goes it just goes like i'm, I'm just cranking through money like nobody's business um and I'm, I'm so i have a ton of fabs like i do i have Lots of fabs. And this is kind of some advice for anybody that's interested in either joining us or kind of mimicking what we do to some degree. And, you know, mimicking is the uh, greatest form of flattery. But that is the idea that so if you ever want to do something like this, where it's a lot of buildings, a lot of really complex buildings, don't like just build them. Don't just like like build them instantly, because the thing is, is those buildings will start to depreciate really quickly and you're going to start to lose thousands upon thousands of dollars a day. Like you could lose upwards of $100,000 a day on depreciation costs alone. You might be like, no, 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 pair, that's impossible. So this is actually probably a nice little segue into kind of my first topic. Now, I was going to talk about something else first, but, um, you know, segues be segwaying. Um And that is the idea about the real cost of goods sold. So in the game, often new players talk about, you know, Uh, They look at like consumable costs, for instance, so DW, rations, and overalls, right? And that's, it's fairly simple to see that, right? You see how much each thing is consuming and that's it. But one thing this game doesn't tell you about, which is not, not like something you should ignore (laughs) in any, by any stretch, and that is actually the daily repair costs. So I'll just give you guys some comparisons here. So I actually built this handy-dandy sheet that tells me exactly, buy, like in live price data, essentially what goes on. So here's some shocking numbers for you guys. So for a collector, so if you were to use a collector to collect uh, atmospheric gas from a planet, it's about $476 a day to use, right? Of that $476, Oh, no, sorry, not of, sorry. But then in an additional $142 a day to for the depreciation costs on that thing. So in total, that total cost of goods sold comes out to $618. Now, that's not a huge deal, right? In terms, okay, 100 bucks more. I mean, it will start cutting on your margins, right? Now, the biggest issue though, and um, Pyboy's calculator actually, so there's a repair calculator in the... Uh, prosperous universe tools discord and it shows you that eventually your profit starts decreasing so i so pie boy and me had a conversation and it was kind of along lines of like okay what like what i asked him i was like what are the depreciation costs how can i do the math like what's the math behind this but then he was like well pair but there's also the depreciating profit also and i was like oh okay I mean I get it like do you guys get it do you guys understand what I'm saying no, yeah yeah so I use a I use a rule of thumb that's not 100 percent accurate but think of however
2: much your base cost and it's going to cost you if I remember correctly I just basically factor in one percent of that because you that's not strictly true but in practice every 180 days you're gonna have to buy most yeah. you're gonna have to buy everything that's the production you don't have to buy the original Stuff, no. but but all of your production buildings you have to completely rebuy effectively every 180 days, yeah. So you can one percent is a little bit high, you could do half a percent, but well, it's, it's just a good you... number to just
0: go with. Well, and it's funny you say that, Lex, because actually, my calculations are exactly like that's what Pieboy said, they're based on 180 days essentially. That's yeah, what you should be, yeah, yeah, and but it doesn't. And I know, and here's where you kind of got to go. And this would be for any new players listening to this podcast. Don't like, please do not for your, not, not because it's a bad move, not because it's a bad, it's actually a very good move, but it's more of a sanity check to not use economic accounting principles, such as opportunity cost. Like it just, oh, like I just, I don't, I don't have personal personally. I don't have time for that myself. So to give you guys sort of a perspective though, to kind of continue on this little cost of goods sold train. So for instance, um, an AML, so an AML is an advanced materials laboratory. So these are AMLs are used to produce like tungsten, some of the kind of more kind of specialized, uh, they use, um, the specialized minerals to produce like, uh, those two, like they use that one to two pop out ratio for those types of metals. So I think it's like brilliant crystals or whatever, or it's it's something else i forget exactly maybe you guys know what i'm talking about here but there's like certain um,
1: barrel crystals into beryllium and then it also for some reason pops out aluminum and silicon exactly
0: yeah exactly and so there's these things and it's that's what the aml is used for right um so to kind of give you guys a perspective here so this is kind of shocking this is really shocking so new players listen up here when i say this well, and actually, <laughs> this isn't a new player. This is not a new player thing. This, this building costs you millions of dollars to make. Um, like it costs you probably two billion million per an AML to build. Um, but to give you guys a perspective here, for, for the cost of goods sold for uh, an engineering building such as an AML, it costs about $6,924 $6, $6, a day to run. So $6,900. Let's call it that. Now, here's where it gets shocking the repair costs, the daily repair costs cost $7,400 a day. They cost more than the consumables you use to produce that, to to run that building essentially. So in total, the total cost for running an AML comes out to about $14,335 for, for a day. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things that we've been doing, and this goes back to kind of my original statement, well, what's the idea when you come to this situation whereby you have multiple buildings, so you have like all sorts of buildings that you want to make to pump out a ship, for instance, because that's what we're doing. Don't, don't like construct these buildings unless you have something in your pocket, pretty much, that can produce you $14,000 in profit a day. And if you don't, you're going to start losing a day, essentially, which is really, which is really hard because of the fact that the end game market, so like looking at things that actually the AML pops out, such as like Tungsten, for instance, if I were to go look at Tungsten right now, uh, go look at Tungsten right now. Now, okay, (laughs) this is a good example slash bad example, because we might have to explain it a little bit here. But essentially, Tungsten goes for about $19,500 a unit. So that's pretty good, right? But here's the biggest issue: is literally nobody's buying it. That's the yeah. biggest issue I found with this: is the fact that these markets are so dormant. They just are. I, I oh, they're, they're, they're
1: not dormant markets. They're they're back channel markets. It's well, I mean, yep. <laughs> almost everything in the AML is is completely back channel markets, with the exception of a little bit of beryllium is actively trading. Uh, and mainly, that's people making beryllium, so people could do the uh, the market makers of CBL, CBS, CBM. Yeah,
2: yeah. I would argue that if the market makers didn't exist, the economy would crash. Oh, 100%. percent. Like it would be that <laughs> there, there is such a for you to sustain the amount of money you're losing while you're trying to build up the ships. That only works because you've got a market maker seller. Otherwise, yeah. it wouldn't work for you, right? It's just completely impractical. Yeah, and then the market makers drive up a lot of other industries too. Yeah, they, they, in fact, I've seen some changes in the RFAB values. It's a little harder to sell RFABS than it used to be because it's the, harder to sell. A, a little bit less valuable. The, Why is that? The because the um, I thought because of the ED, all the people ED, going, going after EDCs, available. it'd be more. it be easier. The EDCs, the are, EDCs are a little bit less useful, so there's a trade-off there. Right? Oh, okay, yeah. so. They, they just nerfed the value of EDC yes. some, so it's going to have some impact on the market. And and you know, I'm not saying I don't make money on them. I do make money on them.
0: So, it's just you know, what it is. So let me ask you this, guys. Let me ask you both. So why did these back... like It's kind of maybe a stupid question, but actually, I'm, I'm not asking this rhetorically. Why do these back market channels exist if... You can do things on the like. Is it really that idea that you just don't want people to like? What are your guys' thoughts about this? Like, I, I, it's just go back to the medieval (laughs) economy. That's that is the useful
2: image here. Okay, yeah. We do not have a market where you can just go to large numbers of people and sell little toys, right? Where yeah, I'm going to make some toys and I'll find a buyer. These are markets where everybody has very limited capability to expand. Everybody, nobody can really mass produce anything. Nobody can grow to a giant empire. Nobody can be fully self-sufficient. So you have, a, you have two problems. You've got people that need things they can't make. So yeah. they have to have guaranteed supply. And you've got people who make things that they can't necessarily always get demand for. <laughs> that automatically creates... A desire for participants to essentially do long term evergreen type contracts, right? Where you just (laughs) lock yourself in. There are plenty of real world markets that work that way. It's not actually that unusual. I worked in oil and gas. It's yes, you can find a spot buyer oil and gas, but the reality is what you'd really like to do with a lot of companies is just lock in your production. You're about to produce a whole bunch of something and you want to be able to sell it and you want to be able to sell it at a good price. Now those markets are highly liquid because they've made them liquid, but there's still a desire for the company to guarantee and lock in profit. So I think it's natural human economics. It's not we think of we think of our modern market. This game does not in any way support a modern market. Everyone has massive scaling limitations. And there's transport limitations, there's scaling limitations. No one can get very big. So you have a relatively small number of specialized markets much like used to happen you know the the medieval and ancient world they sold and made plenty of things but they had to be much more careful about their markets because you, know, you couldn't just go make something and find a buyer like it just wasn't there unless yeah. you had someone that had interest or you had a local demand and so certain things were made in large quantities but you know, there's a reason why there's only a few number of cathedrals right and if you think about it, like the the market for things that would be put in a cathedral was a pretty limited business, and we have <laughs> the very similar kinds of things here. So yeah, I think yeah. I think you just have to understand it in that way.
1: What's your thoughts? Bob? Well, I mean, even even something simpler than 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 something specific for a cathedral. If you're in a town of two hundred people and you make ten thousand swords, what are you gonna do? Like you don't you don't get into <laughs> mass production of, of of swords unless first I mean you you speak with the quartermaster of the local town and say, Hey, you know, you have an army, you need swords. If I made ten thousand swords, would you buy them? And he might say, Well, I don't have a use for ten thousand, but I have a use for five thousand. Um, and I think, Per, you already kind of hit on on like what the problem of this is, and it's just it's because producing a lot of things is really expensive. yeah, fifteen thousand dollars a day to have this building sitting there it it could be doing nothing. That does not include any input costs. That doesn't include your transportation costs. So you also have to find these rare things that go it, well, not particularly rare, but just not commonly traded. No, things. the tungsten is pretty
0: rare, dude. I mean, BTS is used to produce the tungsten, right? And yeah, yeah, that comes the, from the, a the BTS
1: is pretty hard to find. Yeah, but like it, it, it's not hard. It's it's harder to acquire tungsten than it is to acquire BTS. You could go out and find BTS, and I think BTS is actually traded a lot more than tungsten is. No, it ain't. What really? <laughs> um. Uh yeah, so I think what what was it like? two tungsten has been traded over the last week and it looks like about
0: wait a second almost
1: 500 bts (laughs) has been traded over the last week
0: so why are people so
1: yeah two tungsten over the last week and about 500 bts over the last
0: week yeah so essentially because people produce tungsten right but it's like those all like past that it's all back channel essentially mm-hmm.
1: it goes it it well i mean it, it and it doesn't not a lot is traded i think that's just like hey i don't have enough bts to get me through the week but like if you see like there's there's a decent amount of supply in antars and benton the bts but that number divided by five is not the tungsten on the market because all that tungsten is going to uh what i'm guessing is other ship producers hmm
0: yeah. No, you're you're probably banging. But on, it just
1: right? it it just disappears off the market. And you and I have seen that similarly in a few other places. Um electronics, you'll see a little bit of stuff like, hey, you know, some of these are trading, 50 or 60 of these are trading. And then the next step up, even though it's just one more step with maybe very few other inputs, it completely goes off the market.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. It's very interesting. I remember
2: when I was trading EPO or buying EPO at Antares a couple months ago for start before I started making it. And yeah, I I could get orders filled for a few days. But it became fairly obvious almost immediately that make if I was going to do Epo. this, I was gonna have to make it myself. Yeah. Like it just it wasn't going to be able to scale to my demand. And the market just didn't have enough. Now I'm fairly sure that. The orders out there reflect, oh, I've got some extra because I've produced some. Let's go sell it, right? But that's not like a stable long-term market. It's just some people have a need and they put an order out, maybe it gets filled. And some other people have some extra supply that they sell. But I suspect most of it has to be self-used, and I I think that's true for a lot of things in this game.
0: So, what do you guys think would be the solution essentially to fixing this issue, if there was well, a solution? I'm not saying I, we have I, to come up with world peace right it, now, but is, is
2: it a problem? Like this is just
0: how the game. Well, smart it's a works. problem for me building ships. Well, that, does it, it, that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that doesn't
2: mean it's a problem. Okay, um, that's Dennis, that's your
0: <laughs> problem. That doesn't mean the game. <laughs> you, You're your first folks. It's my problem. Nobody else's.
2: But the point is, is that sometimes games have sometimes the truth
0: hurts. Is that what you're saying?
2: (laughs) Sometimes the challenge is that, right? That Don't fix it. That's this, that's the thing you have to solve.
0: Yeah. Well, And... and that's just it is like, I'm trying to right now, like we, we have the ship mapped out. We're ready to go. We're currently working on fabs and definitely like one thought I have had in the back of my brain has been like, Ooh, geez, like we could become very, like we could become bankrupt extremely quickly. Because of all these costs, right? These these real costs of goods sold, essentially, right? So, like for instance, we have uh, I think it's like we have on our plan right now for eight AMLs, so like eight of them, right? So that's yep. right there. That's like a chunk of change. So if you do if you do this cost times eight, that's about one hundred and fourteen thousand dollars a day. A day. <laughs> Sorry, what was that, Mittens? Oh, I said one hundred twenty thousand a day. Yeah, give or take, right? And so it's very much like. Whoever's doing the AML, and I think that's humans, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck, buddy. <laughs> but it's but it's like you do have to make it liquid somehow. And and the worst of it all is the fact that like and that's just it is we have to make these things liquid, right? And I think that's a huge challenge that we've never really talked about on this podcast before with shipbuilding, is the idea that there is these sort of like, sure, there is the fim. There is the, like, you know, the uh, MEAs, there's the assisted lab codes, there's this, there's that, right? But really, one big cost that actually becomes exponential in nature, because that's what Pyboy kind of was explaining that eventually, based on economic accounting principles, essentially your profit starts diminishing, right? So that cost actually starts increasing exponentially every single day, essentially, very slowly, but it does, it starts to ramp up, right? And so... From that seven thousand four hundred dollars in repair costs, I mean, by the end of it, by the end of one hundred and eighty days, which we're hoping to repair within eighty days, of course, right? But within eighty days, that cost could be that daily cost could be somewhere in the realm of like fourteen thousand, right? Very easily, and that's so pretty insane to think about. It,
2: if you will allow me to to be a little funny, or at least
0: take some amusement. Oh my goodness, I'm scared. You, you have, you have. Cover your ears, everybody.
2: I've I seen the Dunning-Kruger with you at shipbuilding. I've seen it. It's happened. Listening to you talk about shipbuilding a month ago versus what you know now, it's such <laughs> an interesting, different story. What
0: do you mean by that? What do you mean by Dunning-Kruger? Explain.
2: So the the Dunning-Kruger effect is that the basically people that don't know a lot about something tend to overestimate how much they know, and people who know a lot about something <laughs> tend to underestimate <laughs> And I remember <laughs> listening go on about <laughs> shipbuilding debate and i'm like dude i
0: I've, i did the fab thing you have no idea what you're, you're just... about to get yourself involved in i'm looking at the, like, Don't the, I know the what it slope means. right now of the dunning kruger effect and it's like but, <laughs> it's like peak of mount stupid <laughs> <laughs> so
2: so that's the thing right is like i'm on it's peak of mount me. stupid right now for me, it has actually been a pleasure to watch. I mean, this is someone who's <laughs> who's been through this. This is the this is how you learn a game, right? You yeah. you have to realize at some point that you didn't know as much about the thing as oh, you know. and as someone who was doing <laughs> fabs and discovered some of these things on a smaller scale, when you would talk about shipbuilding and you would build all these plans and you would have all this stuff, I'm like, your plans look beautiful. They're they're not you're gonna run into so many problems you haven't even thought of. Mm-hmm. and so it's it's hilarious and, and fun i mean it's a totally normal process you're like everybody else where you suddenly it's like now you're in it you're in the middle of the swamp you're you're stuck you're sinking in some places you're like oh boy this is trickier because i went through that problem when i was having problems with epo like i was like i remember i came to you i'm like i gotta build my own epo or I'm, this is just gonna fall apart right because i'm gonna, I'm gonna have a liquidity problem and so that was when it's like okay i got to put a base on griffinstone and it was like overnight without my preference and i had to take out even more loans i had to dig myself even bigger in a hole to get out of that hole, right? that's just how you learn so i, I think in in some ways the problems you're dealing with are exactly the problems that a new player or an experienced player who's getting into a new market is going to experience and it's been it just as someone who's watched you go through it and listened to you change your tune a little bit from experience, it's been interesting to watch.
0: Well, thanks, Dad. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was gonna say though, you know, it's interesting. Um talking about so one of the interesting things that I found sort of about um you know, we've talked about like self sustainability and how it's not the best. But interestingly enough, from from what I like, so some of the looking into I've done, especially has been the idea of like, okay, if you were to drop these cost of goods sold sort of amounts, like such as the thing we produce our own film, for instance, you actually start to make what I can kind of consider to be like real profit, right? So there is an the idea that it's like, okay, what is, and this is, a, I would highly recommend anybody to do this study. Essentially, the study is it's a very simple study, but essentially it is an economic accounting kind of cost a good sold study in that what you do is you say to yourself pretty much in layman's terms is it worth it you know is the juice worth the squeeze so for instance FIM right so we've taken a look at FIM and ask yourself the question um take SE so take a software engineering laboratory a thing that produces EDCs is it more beneficial like how much money do I use right and, and base space—that's another thing, right? And I know I'm kind of encouraging people to do a really dangerous thing here to some degree. I mean, using economic accounting principles, you might drive yourself insane. But take how much base space, and then also take how much money you're putting into that film production, and ask yourself the question: Am I actually making any money here? Like, am I actually am I actually generating money, or am I actually digging myself a bigger hole? Per unit of FIM, so for I'll will break it down even further. So for instance, let's say that FIM was one thousand dollars on the market, right? So one thousand dollars on the market, but it costs you twelve hundred dollars per unit to produce that FIM yourself, and it's not because you're inefficient. It's just because there's that opportunity cost versus opportunity loss right there, right? And so it's it's kind of an interesting study because I saw because I did it, right? I actually did it with FIM. I was like I was like, oh, are we actually doing a good thing here? by producing FIM, or should I just recommend to everybody in the corporation to go and just, (laughs) okay, guys, we're no longer going to produce FIM. Everybody buy it. Prices go up to like 3000 bucks per unit. Um, But it's very much like, is this worth it, right? And luckily, it is worth it. It is worth it in the end, but not to the degree that I once thought it was. Not to the degree that I was like, oh, we're saving thousands. It's more like we're saving hundreds. And I'm like, fair enough. I, you know, I kind of expected something similar yeah. to happen, right? So, Which is interesting. So I think the thing you haven't
2: talked about, and this is the most important element of the equation, I think that you're you're not wrong about. But the thing the game really tries to emphasize is the importance of producing things on COCGs that are appropriate because the bonuses. Oh my
0: goodness! I can't even stress that. On, yes, continue. But the, yeah, the, Please your, continue. your profit. Your profit.
2: Making things in inefficient places is just stupid like that, that will kill you. Yeah. And you know, you have to find places where you're maximizing the efficiency of your production, which in the case of extracting materials means extracting from places that get a lot of value per collector or extractor. It means for production, it means going to places where you can concentrate your experts and your COCGs to maximize value. I go through this discussion in every base I build, right? It's like, what is this base going to do? Am I going to make things on this base which are not efficient, but benefit me from a transportation capability? Or do I want to focus on putting certain things in certain planets that are just really good for making a thing? And that makes a big difference in terms of profit.
0: I uh, oh, 100% it does. Yeah.
2: I actually had a conversation with a court member who's big big helium maker or hydrogen maker and he's you know he's been doing this for a long time and i finally was like he, he, he was has thinking he done about anything me.
0: else except helium
2: actually <laughs> actually has
0: yes i
2: you uh, know i had a conversation where i'm like look at look at your planet basically you know look the planet you're dealing with is good for producing your helium but he's like i want to go out and gas giant it and i'm like what's your profit on that and so we sat down and we talked about it and i said you know you're on umbra And Umbra has a chemistry campaigns, right? And you're well-situated to make PG very easily. And I talked him into it. And I'm like, the profit margins on that are just so much higher per unit. Because he's been dealing... I've sort of followed his situation and followed the money he's making. And so much of his initial profit is being lost on maintenance costs. To the point where I'm like he came to me to buy fabs and i'm like i'm gonna give you a good price and not because of, i'm just like i give you know good prices but just that single thing alone reduced his costs considerably just having a fab producer who could produce it at a lower cost than you have to buy on the market yeah but even then i'm like use the chemistry on this planet like it's okay to make the hydrogen but that's not what this planet should be for yeah like you yeah. And, and and that was not something I understood as a new player. I remember going back and we had a conversation, purchase or produce about Umbra, and it was the, one of the things I've learned since then, and boy, it's hilarious to go back and realize how little I knew, same thing applies to me as it does to you, that yeah, Umbra is a design, by the way the players have put it together, a good base for producing chemicals so go do it there like you you massively increase your production you could know, go to other places but he's already set up there and i'm like just here's a nice efficient just better way to use the base you have yeah. and was able to show him you're going to make almost four times the profit and a lot of that profit is that extra production you get the efficiency of that extra production that you don't have to you don't have to pay for right that's the key here is the cocg somebody's paid for it so you should contribute but the overall effect is you get a bonus to the production of the thing without having to use anything up. Right. And you just stack stack your experts and stack your COCGs and really just maximize your cost per unit. Because there are things you can do to lower your cost. I mean, yeah. I, I do I still do think that transportation is a big factor. I don't want to minimize that. But this is, but in terms of the profit for an individual item, yes, this is a big consideration. I actually make a lot of money on FIM. I actually overproduce FIM, see bear, because it's real easy to make a lot of. Oh, it. Oh,
0: I produce, I overproduce yeah. by a significant. And margin. I can <laughs> just
2: sell it on the market, right? So it's, it's that the the thing that I realized a long time ago, with FIM was the software engineers are a more efficient use of it, but I can much more easily just overproduce some FIM and sell it, and I've made good profits on that for quite some time. Now it's not it's not a infinite solution. I still have software engineers, but that is one of those things. It's like you've you have to just think about this. And th- there was a member of our corp that he literally puts a spreadsheet out and he thinks of the problem in terms of like per unit of space on a base. What is the most efficient thing he can be making today? Like he goes to that level, and I don't think that's a bad idea actually. But yeah, you know, that's a, that's assuming you want to maximize profit. I I want to make as many fabs as I can, so I have a slightly different design consideration.
0: Yeah. But, yeah well, but... one of the interesting things was about finding about the COGC of uh, various kind of planets, and then just finding out how much pro- how much they add to the profit essentially, which is I, that's insane. that's something I
2: wish they would explain to new players better.
0: Oh my goodness! Yeah, like it is. Oh, it's crazy.
1: Bonkers. I actually ran into a similar problem. Um... Pair, I think uh, we we had a brief conversation about it during our last court meeting, but um, I have uh, I have this drinking water base in Antar space, and I was buying water, and I wasn't I wasn't able to get it at like kind of consistently at the price uh, that I needed to make a profit on it. So I spoke with one of our court mates afterwards and like, hey, you know, if, if we can find a good place for you to drop a water base where I can where, where we can effectively kind of feed water into this base, like I will pay for your base. Like yeah. straight up, I will buy your base, and you know, for the first month, you give me discounted water. I will provide you whatever, whatever you need, just to deliver water, uh, and and you'll get paid. Uh, we found out that um, if 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 we put a base down for him, uh, an an inefficient H2O base would have costed me an additional eight to ten dollars per unit than what I was buying it for on the CX if it didn't have the C, COGC or um, if there wasn't enough water on the planet. And we essentially found out, like, hey, you know, if, if in order to get water at the price we need water at, there's there's really three planets we can go to. Um, Etherwind, Ice Station Alpha, and uh, the third one in Hortus space.
2: Yeah, it, it, if you look at which planets are being used by experienced players, there's always a reason. Yeah, like oh, 100%. you can, you if you just look at the structure of the, you can figure it out. Like I, I remember you and I, a pair, had a conversation about Nike. Why is Nike <laughs> used? Like, why right. do people yeah. produce on Nike? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Just work out all of the inputs.
0: Well, but all... also it was it was uh yeah. wasn't it that um C C was really cheap, C or what was the thing? So there's a thing on the planet so, like it's not a Goldilocks so, planet.
2: So N- Nike has yes, its sealant is cheap.
0: Yeah, sealant so
2: it is cheap. Almost the same cost as Goldilocks Planet. It's got the right COCG. It's got limestone production on the planet, which happens to make it efficient for something you need for a whole lot of base fab production. And then because other players have emphasized COCG because of the availability and the where it sits relative to a whole bunch of other planets, it's just a really good place to do construction.
0: Yeah. Right. That probably leads and, us on to um. Sorry, Alexa, I don't. No, remember. no. It, I, it's, let's go it's on a, to our next kind of topic about like you've kind of already transitioned. The this is the podcast of transitions, <laughs> and and that is the idea of like what we would probably tell new players. Um, so one of our kind of criticisms we've been getting a little little bit is you know um that we don't really talk about and I, it's actually been great. Probably our conversations have been. For probably the first time in a while. It's funny. They've kind of str- like straddled between end game conversations and new player conversations, which has been really fantastic. But um, one of the things we wanted to do this episode was kind of uh, really take an intentional approach to talking about the new player experience and what we would kind of maybe tell our past selves about this game and about sort of, um, yeah, what we would do differently. Um, so we're going to start with what we would tell ourselves... The first week of the game, what we would tell ourselves the first month of the game, and probably what we would tell ourselves, let's say, three months into the game, okay? So I'll start first with the first week, and we'll just go down the line here. Um and I would say that the first week of the game, honestly, funny enough, it sounds maybe really cliche to say, but I don't really have a lot of regrets. Um, the first week of the game, um, there really wasn't anything I felt like I would have done differently, necessarily. I stayed like I was very active in the sense of that I started working on the arbitrage scanner, probably maybe week two or three, but like, definitely like I was very interested doing a lot of research, doing a lot of kind of studying, I was studying corporations, understanding what people were involved in what. Uh, doing a lot of that jazz, uh, I picked a good product that was high volume fuel, picked a good high volume fuel product. Um, probably the only thing I would have done differently is I <laughs> I thought to myself that I could do a lot, of, like I w- I just came off of a day trading kind of thing in real life. And um, I thought it to myself like, oh, I could do a lot of trading, right? I could do a lot of like, like finding the market and finding these candlestick charts and, and doing that. You, you can, it's just, it's not worth it. The money's just simply not there. There's not enough money to really do it. Instead, you should be doing, fa- you harness the factors of production, such as entrepreneurship, and find new methods to make money. Um, I would encourage players that are seeking out their first week in the game to do research. There is other professions that I don't talk about in my video tutorials that so the devs came up with a series of video of um, professions that they're like metallurgist and you know venticular and all these things but there is actually a lot of other professions out there um, for instance mittens you kind of mentioned that you got on a guy to to produce you water right and so if you can find and start talking to people that would be probably my biggest recommendation for your first week start talking to people start figuring out things um, you would be surprised how easy it is to get a loan and or find a player that's willing to work with you and and you know boost you up really quickly. Um, it's easier than you think, to say the least. Uh, mittens, what would you tell your first week, mittens? Uh, I mean, I I, I would
1: have a, a lot to tell myself before my first click. Um, don't don't. Just I, there. <laughs> I, I I think we talked last time uh, about my start. Last time I was on. About how my whole first week was just the wrong base in the wrong in the wrong place, making the wrong thing from the wrong stuff. I just made all the wrong decisions my first week. Um, but so so after that, I probably would have. Sorry to interrupt.
0: Can you just talk? Can you just speak to what exactly that was? Do you remember? Oh
1: yeah, Uh, I I slapped down a mining or a metallurgy base. On a planet called Barather, which I believe is six or seven jumps away from the CX. Uh, Metallurgy, if you've listened to this podcast, notoriously poor start. <laughs> um, being far away from the CX, not, not beneficial to a new player. Um, Metallurgy ended up being higher overhead than what I could afford. And I also did a bunch of the... Uh, Oh, what are they? The the missions. Oh yeah, the faction yes. missions. Oh my goodness, the faction contracts. I
0: forgot. I, I have about faction. I've forgotten about those a long, long time ago. i just <laughs> I just
2: I just turned them off and haven't. I, I turned them off too. I haven't looked
0: at them since.
1: I forgot they were even still in the <laughs> game. Oh, um, and yeah, and did a bunch of faction guys. Like so uh, I mean, I- ignoring that, <laughs> if, if we talk about from from my reset. I feel like I had a pretty solid start. Um, I think I went in and I got a lot of differing advice from a lot of different people. And I probably should have listened to some people more and some people a little bit less just because they were... I, I, I started
0: and was going straight into Are you saying the that belt. you should have listened to me less? Is that what you're saying? <laughs>
1: I am a, a little bit. Not a lot less, but but a little oh, bit.
0: But everybody, what did they steer uh, long like, on?
1: Half on? of the voices were saying, yes, do FIM. It's, it, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. You're going to be fantastic. You're going to get this just rocket boost of a, of a first start. And other people were saying, saying like, hey, don't do FIM. Slow down. Do something else first. Um, I feel like what I should have done was instead of going just, like a rocket boost for full FIM production, Um, is do something closer to how I have that same base set up now where it produces a little bit of rations, a little bit of drinking water. It overproduces a little bit of uh, farm outputs and also produces FIM on top of that. Just balance the base out a little bit and kind of limit that overhead because that's one thing I struggled with a lot for probably my first two or three weeks is just overhead, i was drowning
0: in lack of liquidity oh right i remember you talking about this yes that like wasn't it the ddt was kind of the big issue with the FIM that you were doing yeah yeah ddt was a big issue and because i'm
1: spending all this money on DDT, and it takes all this time to turn around um because i think one herb takes a full day to produce yeah and then another 10 yeah and then 10 more hours for it to produce FIM, and then I have to fly it back to the CX, there's this there's this liquidity gap. yep. Um, and FIM is not something that, that people are pre-buying. I can't remember
2: what advice I gave you at the time. Hopefully it wasn't
1: bad. I don't know. <laughs> Probably advice I should have listened to. Because I had one person tell me, like, hey, you're on Prometer, just build farms. I will prepay you for a month's worth of farm products. Now, that's, that, good, that's, that, 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 that's not something I probably would have, would have gone all in on, but that's not a bad that's a first pretty like, first actually start. pretty good idea for a beginner. Yeah. It's, it, it's an amazing idea for a beginner. Now, I mean, obviously, like, FIM at the time, and up until pretty recently, was wildly profitable. It's still very profitable. But it was, I mean, there was a time where FIM and DDT were the same price. And with that 8 to 1 multiplier, you're make, you, I, I was making money hand over fist. It's
0: true. So, Lex, what would you tell your first week self?
2: I would say two things. First, a co-look is probably a good idea. Like you're because talking you need like a to... minute
0: into the game, you're just like, co No, 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 no. <laughs> Spend
2: three to four days... Yeah, get a lot more familiar. The starting advice you're going to give in the game setup is generally not very great. They may have improved it. Can I just? You're pro-
0: can I just sorry, interrupt there? No, no. So I just want to say something to that. Uh, I completely agree with you, Lex, about like five days. It, so I tell people often like, like spend an hour, like like so in all my videos, I'm like spend an hour doing, uh, like like looking at the markets. That's because like my videos and my my videos are typically built for like players that are looking for like a. Now, start like just boom, like get to the game kind of thing. But what Lex is saying is 100% right. If, if you're really interested in this gaming, you're like, this is the game for me, take some time, take some time and figure it out. Sorry, Lex.
2: Yeah, so I co-looked after about three days, which was fine because I went to Katoa and made fuel, which turned out to be a perfectly fine start. Uh, looking back, I might have done a few things differently. The um, other thing I would say, and this is subtle and I don't think it's explained well, this is a game about production. Not about making money. You will make money. But it's really a game about making production. That's where your problems are going to be. That's where your profits are going to be. That's where the um, interesting part of the game is. That's And, and so, so much of what you're going to be dealing with is going to be production-focused. Which is... I, I know there are people that just really sit and try to make as much profit as possible. I'm fine with that. I'm not shooting that idea down. I'm just explaining to a new player a lot of what's going to get you in this game and going to keep you playing is going to be your thinking about what you're going to produce getting comfortable with producing it and making those things and that's the core of the game which is why i've never really agreed with the arbitrage start for that specific reason i'm like yes you can make money with an arbitrage start but then you're not actually advancing towards the game itself and so I think to me recognizing that this is a game about production, that money is mostly at this point a tool for making more stuff mm-hmm. and not really if you have a bunch of money, what are you going to do? You're going to make more stuff or you're going to count it. Like That's the only two things you can do with it. So I think that you'll make, you'll play the game a little better and you'll enjoy it longer if you get your mind wrapped around that. That's, that's
0: 100%. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Probably the only thing I would say is like with your arbitrage start, it I would say that what it does lend, Lex. Like, I'm not saying you're wrong. You've made a very valid point, and yeah, I, I do slightly it's, agree with you. It's, it's it, it gives you an education. It gives you an education about the markets and and where things kind of stand in markets essentially. But you market. can you can do it. Yeah. I mean,
2: you're, you're, you can play the game any way you want. I just think the realization that I would have gone back and told myself to really get around was. Yeah, you know, if you get a bad start, most of the time it's because you're not you don't have a good production chain. Yeah. Or you're building in the wrong place. It gets back to this value proposition. Like you really need to learn how to produce things, and what it takes to produce. Like what the value of the uh, COCGs is, what the experts actually do, how things build chains together, how you're going to transport. And I've repeatedly argued that the game is mostly a logistics game. I've slightly modified my opinion. It's a logistics game around being able to make production happen. that's That's probably the subtle difference in the way I looked at it from the way I did to start with.
1: Well, I think now that now that ships are a little bit more available um, than than they used to be, it's becoming more of a production game and less of a logistics game
2: and And I think that's true to a point. I think I've also gotten a little better at doing my logistics, so it, to me, it's now more about managing production. Yeah. But I mean, I still only have two ships, and only one of those upgraded. But ninety percent of my problem now is just how do I produce enough of everything in the places I want to. So. Cool.
0: Yeah. No, that's awesome. So going over to the one month mark, um, really, I think what I would do differently, or what I would say to myself, is. Um, Really, and like, I, I know I kind of started, and this, this goes back like a year almost. I, I think actually, yeah, I think I actually am a year into this game, which is crazy. Yeah, it's pretty bonkers, actually. Um, How how many days am I into this game? Ooh, 352. <laughs> almost. Uh, sorry? Almost. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, almost. Um, But what I was going to say is, um, I'm just thinking here. I think one of the things I would say is just keep on keeping on really. You know, maybe this is like terrible. You guys are giving such great advice. that I'm just kind of like, ah, did pretty good. Like I wouldn't really tell myself anything. Um, But no, really just keep on keeping on. I think one of the things I might do is for sure, like join a corporation. I probably would have done something different in terms of joining a corporation versus making a corporation as early as I was. I think there was just an absolute, and Lex, you can probably attest to this, There just absolutely was just so much growing pains with starting a corporation whereby really nobody knows what's going on or what to do. Um, You you
2: started a corporation because that is the person you are. Most people playing this game are not (laughs) both. Yeah. No,
0: no. And you're you're not wrong.
2: Yeah. you, you, You always, every time we talk, you just remind me of every... Church pastor I've ever known. Like you've got, <laughs> you've got that same way of looking at the world. Right? It, it really is a personality type.
0: Yeah. So no, but yeah. So I probably would have joined a corporation. That probably would have been my first step, and then split off from that corporation once I found my kind of groove and what I wanted to do. Um, so yeah, joining a corporation is a great method of just yeah connecting with people, getting. And I'd say to everybody, make sure you join an active corporation. Um, unfortunately, um, they don't really. I don't think they audit the UFO discord and I feel like they really should. They should audit some of those corporations to find out if they're active or not. Cause like, so it really sucks actually, because like you really need to go in and do your own self audit on these corporations. I should, I should do an audit. (laughs) That's my next video. I'm going to do audit of every corporation and see where everybody's at. (laughs) Um, uh, But yeah, so find a quick active corporation. Uh, Nason Mercantile, obviously we're very active and we're we're definitely uh, chugging along here. Um, so that would be my first thing I would tell, uh, my, my first month, uh, self, uh, mittens first month. In the yeah. Game.
1: I mean, 30 days in, I would probably say join more discords. Yeah. Um, at the time I was, I was pretty active in the nascent mercantile d- discord. I was, I had joined the UFO discord, but didn't really, there's so many channels on the UFO discord. It's hard to keep track of like where you need to be to figure out what's going on or communicate what you want to communicate. Um, And I I wish I had entered into more kind of early production deals with people. And maybe instead of, so I I slapped down one base that was doing production for someone else. Um, I'm now running that base on my own. I wish I had done that one. Um, and had another base that kind of either someone else is managing for me or i'm producing something for somebody else uh, just to have a little bit more solid ground beneath me because uh, i feel like i mean going into this ship production we talked i mean fifteen thousand dollars a day for eight buildings i need to have that liquidity beneath me at this point and that's kind of where i'm where, where i'm sitting right now in the game is like okay how do i how do i how do I build this ground beneath me before I climb too high up this
0: shipbuilding ladder?
2: I think I remember warning about
0: this. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. (laughs) You know, and that's, it's funny because what you're saying, Mittens is so true, like indicative of what I think. And like, it's funny because that's actually kind of what I tell a lot of the new players that come into me and DM me now, because that's kind of our new process. That's no longer you click a button to apply to Nace Mercantile, Like you come and talk to me. Um, Yeah. And often I, <clears throat> uh, yeah, that's what I tell people, like straight up, like, just like, okay, great. We're, I'm glad you're here. Come back in a week. <laughs> and and we'll have a chat, right? And, and see if you still like this place, right? Um, Lex, one month in, where are you going? I would
2: say, uh, I think at one month you have a choice. You can either take the game slow and try to maximize the total time you would enjoy it in which case just keep trucking on like you're doing or it's time to get a loan i, I would recommend it before the first couple of weeks because you just don't know enough about the game unless you have someone who can give you all the guidance you're willing to trust but about a month then i would have taken a loan knowing what i know now it, it just yeah. it's you know enough at the game at that point to make money and you really need the capital to expand and there's a lot of good deals out there. Uh, best decision I ever made was about four months in, and that was agreeing to uh, a deal to produce Nike as my BFAB production. That was s- skyrocketed my production. So I don't regret it. I just wish I had done it earlier.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and the biggest issue is the fact that I think a lot of people don't know where to find loans. This is like, it. this game is so. It's crazy how this game is so social. In, in that, like a such, it is a very social MMO. Like there is MMOs out there that it's like you could be a single player and like I mean, yes, definitely you could be a single player in this game. Obviously, as like ninety nine percent of most players are, and do fine. But definitely, um, if you want to start kind of seeing yourself skyrocket, getting alone isn't a bad idea. But it's funny if you guys ever watch that Silicon, if you guys ever watch Silicon Valley, uh, the TV show, and they talk about like you know, ask for less, right? That's kind of it is like, okay, don't ask for a million. Ask for like five hundred thousand. Ask for two hundred thousand just to get yourself kind of chugging along. Um, because you're gonna feel a lot more kind of reward in that than if you were given like twenty million dollars, be like, All right, (laughs) I've Hmm. won the I've won the game, right? Um I I,
2: I wish the VC world actually worked like that.
0: (laughs) Uh, so what I would tell myself three months into the game. Uh, really is that idea of, like, just be kind to yourself. Um, I think three months into the game, definitely, I kind of felt like I was sort of, like, I didn't have a loan, right? I didn't have a loan. Um, And it's funny because I actually tried, not by three months, but I think a few months later I tried for a loan and didn't get one. Um, And really I was feeling myself, like, really on the grind. And I think three months is such a critical point to newcomers, especially in this game. That is, I think, when the rubber really hits the road. No other game is like that, where it's very much like... In in three months, most people are like, and I'm done this game, right? In three months is really, I would say, almost that. And maybe they have like... That'd be interesting if they actually have some data on this. I'd be very kind of curious to see if they actually have some data metrics on this. Kind of like a bounce rate, essentially, or exit rate. Where um, essentially it's like, yeah, after a player hits like three months, we see like a 50% drop-off rate, right? Right. Um, Because three months is that kind of point of the game where you're saying to yourself, okay, this was a cool game, I had a fun experience, or this is a cool game, I had a fun experience, and now I'm ready to get serious, right? Those are kind of two different trains of thought. And for me, I think it really was especially with the corporation, was taking a look at... I think at this time we were taking a look at some of the market makers out there, such as the CBL uh, market maker. That was our first one we ever kind of really took a serious look at and building maps for that. Um, I know that we were working on uh, the Prosper software at the time that we now use. So we were really starting to kind of make treads in terms of getting serious. However, I do find that a lot of players, they do kind of just jump ship and jump off. And I don't... like. I would encourage players that if you're struggling to understand what to do, like I think that's a big thing is like a lot of players are like, okay, I'm like, I, I, whatever hooked you into this game is obviously no longer there or you feel like it's so unattainable that you're like, I can't, I can never achieve it. And I would say like just hang in there, Buttercup. Um, <laughs> you know, like that hang in, hang in there, Kitty Poster. Um, it is that idea, like just hang in there. Uh, You're doing great. You're doing fine. I'm a year into this game almost now. And I feel so, like, so, like, just proud of the community that I'm part of. Uh, This game is really fantastic. Um, And I have no regrets. I really have no regrets playing this game for a year. Um, I'm, I'm like, here's to the next year. Very much so. So yeah uh, mittens three months where, where you at oh, um stop, drop my this would be a
1: great question to ask me in three months because i think i'm <laughs> at three months and a little bit of change um yeah fair enough but um i think i think i will have much better advice than than some of the steps i'm about to take yeah um but i i, I feel like right now i have a couple of different ways i can do a couple different uh I'm, I'm trying to work through a couple different opportunities again just to kind of build that build that solid ground beneath myself find something that's profitable that you know if if everything if, if everything goes down i can afford to keep my shipbuilding bases alive um uh. and hopefully keep my people fed <laughs> that's the uh way of my life yeah so and just my my next few big decisions are going to be really big decisions. And if you ask me in three months, Hey, what do you wish you had done? Um, hopefully it's the, it's, <laughs> no, no, I made the right choice, but, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm sure in three months I'll be like, you know, I wish I had done this instead of that. Yeah. Oh, Cause no, I exactly. am about to make some, make some big decisions and spend a whole lot of money.
0: Yeah. Well, and same, like I'm, I'm chewing through money left, right, dead center. got tons of fabs, tons of things. Uh, yeah like the next step is really just building everything and then essentially flipping the switch and turning it on and that is big like that's not something that you can just like go back and reverse tomorrow because flipping that switch on means that all of a sudden you're chewing through almost like two to three hundred thousand dollars a day in terms of production and it's like you better have a good answer for where that money is going to go right so yeah Lex three months well if you're still playing after three months, <laughs> I
2: mean, seriously, like that's it, that. I, I don't mean that in a silly way. It's like it means the game has that rare ability to keep you playing for a long time. Yeah. So the next questions I'd ask, I, I, a piece of advice, and, and Mittens left at this one. Um, don't do ships. If you're nowhere near what you need to do ships at three months. You won't be ready for that for a long time. Yeah, um, I realize that. That's. Kind of goes against the grain, but it, you need to, there's a lot of things you got to figure out still. But the real question I would say to people is probably more now's the time to figure out it is what is it that's keeping you playing? What is it you're going to do? There is no end game to this game. You need to find something that you enjoy doing that you will continue to want to do for a long time and go do that thing. Uh, for me, it was Fabs, That that became my thing. And I continue to do them. And it's not as exciting as it was day one, but I still enjoy it. And that is what allows me to continue to play the game and enjoy it. And I, I think the longer you play, the more you're going to have to answer that question. So I think it's about that time is when you start doing that.
1: Yeah. Uh, Lex, I'm going to... A little bit of pushback on that. I love what <laughs> you said. But I feel like three months is a good time to to kind of figure out like hey what is the end game of this game for me
2: yeah that's that's and i'm actually i'm actually that agreeing. That end game you.
1: is ships maybe don't do i mean maybe like you know the the ship building the the complicated chains the running a bunch of different chains at the same time i it, it's not a good time to do ships but it's a good time to kind of start getting in that mindset and kind of moving in that direction.
2: I, I have no issue with that. I actually agree with you, which is if your long-term goal is to build ships, which has been c goal. But here's, but here's what I'll say. Sea pairs that's been his goal for as long as I've known him. He's to this day, a year in, just barely able to do it. And even then he's having challenges, right? It's going to take a lot of steps to get there and how you get there is up to you but i would definitely say to a player at 3 months you're not you're almost certainly not well positioned to do ships now it's completely fine to say i want to make ships as an in-game goal i i don't want to shoot that idea down it's just a lot of things are going to have to happen before you do that now i'm very much in the to get to ships to get to the tier 3 and tier 4 you should get really good at tier 1 and 2 like i i firmly believe that. like, And I'm following that. I, I'm making RFABs. I'm not making AFABs. But I've been really deeply filling in my BFAB, LFAB production to get the stable RFAB. And then once RFAB is stable, I'm going to do AFAB. And I think that's how most players should pursue this game. Like, There's there's this hierarchy of things you sort of build into, or you're going to have to have crazy amounts of money and you're going to have to have just so much money in your money printer that you can absorb spending really long periods of time with large cash flows. Now, that's a personal opinion. Just getting back to my point, it is a time to start saying what you plan to do,
1: and then you figure out how to get there. Yeah, or you just partner up with someone with a big money printer uh, with a bigger money printer than you. And I understand <laughs> that. Well, and that's that's certainly doable.
2: I don't think it's as rewarding. but That's a personal opinion. Yeah, that's
0: yeah. True. Well, and how much? Uh, where are you with with all that mittens in terms of your? money printer uh
1: my money printer um ooh, that's a great question i think i have six se's um i was i was looking into upgrading to 10 um and i had a i had a conversation with compound our our our, our, our other fab producer and it was just like hey our fab prices are absolutely wild i'm just gonna watch our fab prices for a little bit and then i'll and then I'll jump on it. And really, I mean, I just... So I'm in the process of upgrading my second sh- starter ship to have a wide cargo bay. So once that gets done, that that's going to lessen a lot of the problems I'm having right now. Mm-hmm. And that's going to solve some problems that I haven't run into yet because my next base is going to be a very... It is going to be a little bit more logistically challenging um, com- compared to what I'm currently running. Uh, and but yeah, I mean, I I'm starting to kind of ramp that up. Uh, it's just one of those things that RFabs are so expensive, and I I feel there there's a break point where they start to pay for themselves. But I was I mean I was I was running cost calculations and was like okay well you know this upgrade these they will pay for itself in where it used to be. 45 to 60 days it's now 60 to 75 days
2: yeah the i don't know EDC, that that's
1: particularly worth it. it
2: edc nerf really slowed down the value of that that play it which did. you know, i'm not yeah. sure i'm not saying they were wrong to do it i'm just saying that's the byproduct of it so
0: yeah no that's that's fantastic i know we had a few more topics to discuss um but honestly i think we're going to save that for another podcast episode because so i'll put those in i'll slide those into my back pocket for the next podcast episode this has been just an absolutely fantastic discussion i think it's been really great to just listen to kind of our thoughts about the new player experience and just talking about yeah what it's like to be a new player it is difficult the the There's no question about it. I know Lexi were kind of saying, you know, Sea Pair has been at it for a year and it's like, no, no, no. I I completely agree with you. Well, it's funny because I think, nope, nope. I think that's, no, I think it's pretty accurate actually. As soon as I saw how difficult it was to produce a ship, I was definitely like, hmm, this seems like my kind of challenge. Um, But I think one of the things for sure is the idea of that it is such a slog at the beginning and, you know, spending three to four months just slogging through that very beginning and before getting to the where I am today. Um, yeah, it can be difficult. And I think, yes, as well, definitely mapping and all this stuff out. I think we are in good shape. Um, who knows? By next podcast, we could have our first ship. We could still be in the opening stages. And as Mittens already said, uh, fab production and fab kind of consumption is a big deal. Finding our fabs, finding a fabs at decent prices, at least. Um, can be very difficult um, and the worst thing of it all which really scares me especially is the idea that you know those costs are not going away like we'll still need AFABs and R fabs when it comes to repair time which I mean I'm like whew, yikes I hope we you know I hope yeah, we produce my, enough shit my worry about point. you is
2: in three months you're gonna have to spend half the money you just spent again
0: yeah yeah. And so we're one yep. of the things we're working on, especially right now, and I actually uh told Warrior, the the new guy that's coming into our corporation, I kinda told him a little bit about this, but one of the things this is why I built that cost a good sold sheet, is because now what we're gonna try to work on is actually figuring out like what's the cost of this ship, right? And figure out the exact yep. cost so that we're actually not losing money and we're actually gleaning a lot of money right in terms of because the thing is at the end of the day is like now that we're able to produce a ship it's like yes we can produce these big boy ships really quickly as well too which i think people will want to pay a premium for as well could be wrong but we'll see
2: medieval economy if you don't actually get reduced prices for bulk you have to pay more yeah. <laughs> that's exactly. just because it's hard to make three of yeah. something yeah one was difficult three is really tough so you got to pay more <laughs> for three like yeah. that's that's one of those psychological things that people don't understand about an economy like this right is that it's not a scaling economy where you get nice discounts the more you buy the producers are stretched the more they produce mm-hmm. so the actual cost has to go up yeah and yep. so yeah the ability to produce more that's that comes with premium I hope you're able to charge it
1: well yeah we'll figure it out well and I mean I from from my understanding a lot of people are buying ships with like a three to four week delivery time yeah and, I mean. and and i've heard directly from people like hey you know i'm paying this much for a ship in three weeks i would much rather pay a lot more money for a ship tomorrow yeah
0: one thing in particular that i have thought of implementing or doing and i don't know like the thing is with so and that and why i haven't is because not because nascent financial failed Nascent Financial never fails. So I just want to make, I just want to set for the record that Nascent Financial. We're not t- SVB. Yeah. Yeah. Nascent Financial never failed. Um, I think people were no, like, no. What, like- what is this
2: Nascent Financial you're talking about?
0: <laughs> so back when we were first kind of doing, and most people probably listened to the earlier podcast episodes, but if you didn't, um, one of our kind of first topics about uh, this game was the fact that finding credit was extremely hard. And so we started up Nascent Financial as sort of of an operation to provide lines of credit to people to essentially continue their efforts. Um, Why this, why it worked and why it didn't work was the idea that it worked really well because it did provide certain people with credit and that was fantastic. Um, I think why it, it didn't work necessarily was there was, so like a new player is like, oh, like, I don't really like, I think there was an awareness problem as well as that 30 day issue where there was a lot of new players that are very much like, it, it's actually kind of crazy how probably the bounce rate of this game is pretty high after maybe the first day even like, mm-hmm. so like there could be a good chunk of players that don't get past day one, which is pretty insane to think about, but also the fact, so like somebody comes to us and they're like, Hey, I want alone." I'm like, Hey, cool beans. Come back to us in 30 days. Right. Like you just started this game, um, which is, which is a big issue as well. Um, but one of the things I have thought of starting and I haven't because obviously with nascent financial, just kind of the logistics and all that jazz, but it's sort of like a centralized market. I know I've tossed around the idea a few times on this podcast before, but essentially a centralized market where it's like, think of it like a big quest board essentially, right? It's like, okay, uh, we need titanium for ships, right? It's like, Hey, uh, I'm not doing Like we're, like giving people direction, essentially. It's like, I don't know what to do. It's like, hey, you could come and produce titanium for us, right? And, and make that happen. And essentially a big long list of things that people could do. I don't necessarily know if it would work or not. I think the thing is there'd have to be a big adoption from the community in terms of making it work. Um, so I don't know. If you guys are interested in... I would say this. Yeah, this is kind of my open letter to the community. Maybe we'll end it off with this. Is that if you guys are interested in the idea... Of bringing to fruition sort of like a big centralized marketplace, sort of like a quest board where you can put your quests for demand, you can put your quests for supply, uh, things like that, so that we can kind of figure out how to maybe even centralize the private marketplace to some degree and maybe make it a little bit more public showing to some degree. I think that'd be kind of neat um i don't know if it's actually a good idea or not (laughs) there seems to be some sort of need for it so i'm like yeah who knows Um, almost like some sort of commodity exchange yeah right some sort of cx i don't know what we call it (laughs) um i think the issues with the cx is the the biggest issue is the fact that like oh i don't want to produce that thing because i don't know if people demand it right so this would be the idea of like Oh, yeah. people you, demand you could this You
1: post long-term demand. Hey, yeah, put, I need, long, Long-term. I, I, yeah. I don't need a 1,000 of this up front, but I need 60 of this every week. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, and fabs, I think, as well, right? That would be a big one where it's like, oh, like, okay, come 80 days, we're going to need <laughs> this many fabs. And, like, if you can fulfill that every time, that's, that's what we'll do, right? So, yeah. Any... We'll call it the futures market. Futures market. Oh genius it's almost like there's a real world example for us in this in this case um but any before we end the podcast any last comments lex dez Des oh man oh if it's, <laughs> if it's not a centralized
2: exchange it's a forward contract not a futures contract it's That's a forward, forward contract oh forward contract there you go sorry just being a little silly
0: um mittens anything um no nothing with that cool well thank you so much for listening to the pear talks prun part or the pear talks prune uh, we were going to talk about prunes but the, the wikipedia article for prunes is extremely short to be found, so we weren't going to talk about prunes but uh we did talk about prune which is fantastic uh thank you should we, so much should we
1: record a new intro and just talk about prunes for five minutes and throw that yeah, back at the beginning yeah
0: exactly we could definitely do that <laughs>
2: But um, what is the so what is the correct way to pronounce prune
0: it's prune.
1: prune
2: it is prune is that is,
1: is that from the that's devs? from
0: the devs that is from yeah. the devs that's from okay. mulp himself prune ah, yeah I still it's like prune.
1: It, 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 it's like gif it's pronounced like the word that it's shortening
0: yeah right. but i just prune. I because the thing yeah, is, is actually because that's it no you're bang on because you Niverse. so prune prune Technically, but anyway. Uh, well, thanks everybody for listening to the Pair Talks Prime podcast. You can find us on Spotify or iTunes as well as on Acast if you're so inclined. Uh, we are on the Discord. If you do have player player, uh, like if you have friends or anybody else, your mother, your aunt, your grandmother that uh, you'd like to invite to the game, uh, show them this podcast and show them what we think about and what we talk about. Uh, I know I've had a lot of uh, EVE online players come recently talk to me about how the podcast has kind of enlightened their view on this game, which has been fantastic. And, and that's why we do this. So uh, thank you so much for listening. And until uh, next time, thanks for tuning in.